Live from the world headquarters of RE Solutions in Louisville, Kentucky, it's the Louisville Real Estate Report with Mike Gandolfo. The show is brought to you by Brian, the mortgage guy, biz, John Onan with Pillar to Post Home Inspections, and Dan Hill of Kentucky Farm Bureau. Hello, everybody. I'm Mike Gandolfo with RE Solutions Real Estate, and you are listening to the Louisville Real Estate Report. This is our first podcast. And we're hoping to have uh, one of many. This is kind of a preview podcast. We're playing with our new toys, getting used to the equipment. And this podcast is hopefully going to be very interactive for the home buyers and sellers out there in the Louisville real estate market who want to know all the insider tricks and trades that we use and uh, have a lot of comments and questions. We want to hear them. Uh, you can either email us at mike at com or send us a tweet at report. That's at L. Ville, L-V-I-L-L-E-R-E, Report, Global Real Estate Report in Twitter terms. I am uh, joined today at the RE Solutions World Headquarters with my uh, business partner, Papa Joe. Papa Joe, how's it going? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad to have you here. And, of course, our lender extraordinaire, Brian the Mortgage Guy, is in the house. Brian, how are you doing? Very well. Thank you for the very warm introduction. Well, we are here today, and we are going to talk about the 2014 real estate market, one that I'm very excited about because it's going to be a very unique market, uh, something that we've never seen before, uh, at least not in the last in the time I've been in real estate and probably not in the time that you've been in real estate, Dad. I agree. It, I'm really excited about the, what two, 2014 is going to bring us. So in order for us to understand what 2014 is going to bring us, we need to have a little bit of a historical perspective. So I, I did some research and I looked back at the uh, single family homes and condos, the sales in Jefferson County over the last 12 years. And uh, we have we are right now in December. We're in the middle of December. Today's December 17th, the day that we're recording. And uh, the uh, MLS is reporting that we've had just under 9,800 sales for the year. So we have a legitimate shot at getting 10,000 sales for the year in 2013. That's pretty amazing. I agree. And, you know, you just have a sense that the market has been building and here in the last uh, few months. And really, throughout the whole 2013, so I know that 2014 is ready to go. And we have not had over 10,000 sales in Jefferson County since 2007 when we had 10,580, a number that we will exceed next year uh, in 2014. But for us to hit that goal or even get close to 10,000 in 2013, I think is amazing. And especially when you consider that the average sales price is uh, it's going way up over where we were uh, in previous years. But to give you even more perspective of what that number means, because I think everyone knows that when do you think the real estate market in Louisville started to kind of really head down? Uh, I would say it was probably around 2008. It really started to, started to slow down and then uh, never really recovered uh, until maybe in the last oh, year or so. And I agree. I mean, I can actually, I'll pinpoint it. I think it was 2008, right before President Bush's term was up, and we had uh, we had that little government, the first kind of thought, threat of a government shutdown, where it's somewhat of a government crisis, and uh, people here got scared. And that's when I really feel like we had a dip in transactions. So 2007, we had you know 10,500 deals. 2008, we dropped by almost 2,000 deals. That's a lot of that's a lot of transactions. 20 percent basically of our Louisville market, the sales just went away and we weren't done there. We kind of stayed steady in 2009 
Our low point was in 2011 with 7,600 sales is what we had. That's it's unbelievable to think that we were that low. I mean, when's the last time? Do you, I mean, you've been in real estate on and off since the late 70s. Can you equate this kind of uh, drop-off to anything else? Of course, in the uh, early 80s, things were when interest rates were double digits. and uh, it, was, it was pretty bad back in that days. Uh, hate to even think about it anymore. But uh, it's been... Uh, it's been different. It's been longer. It seems like it's uh, lasted a lot longer than normal. Uh, usually, uh, you know, a year or two, uh, things get turned around a lot quicker. And and Brian, our mortgage extraordinaire, we were talking before that 2007 was the last time that we hit those kind of uh, numbers, the 10,000 uh, sales. But affordability right now for home buyers is a lot different than it was in 2007. Heck yeah, back in 2007, the average. Again, this is the average 30-year fixed mortgage interest rate for a conventional mortgage was 6.34%. Could you imagine, I guess, if we sat down together and I said this to, and I said this number to you over the table, that, hey, you're qualified to buy a $150,000 house in today's market, your interest rate will be 6.34%. You'd probably walk out of my door. Yeah, because what are we at, you know, generally about now, like in the mid-force? Yeah, yeah, about 4.65 is a going rate. A little higher, a little less, but... Yeah, you know, that's where they're at now. And a lot of people don't understand about mortgage rates that when they're when they're looking for their lending option, they always want a shop rate. But the rates are generally going to be within an eighth of a point of each other in most places. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I don't. Guess I compare shopping for a mortgage interest rate to kind of looking for gasoline. You know, there are apps for this and apps for that. But for the most part, we're all buying and selling to and from the same companies. So you really want to shop for somebody that offers a high level of service but also somebody that's been in the industry and that knows the process. And and that's extremely important. I mean, it's kind of like going to, I guess, the self-service, which we've all gotten used to in gas instead of, you know, the old days when we had full-service pumps. It's kind of funny. We were in New Jersey uh, not too long ago. Every gas station in Princeton, New Jersey is full-service still. They don't do self-service. Can you believe that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, there's one gas station here in Louisville that has that, uh, Pruitt's. Oh, yeah. And they, you know, they have two of the pumps, I guess, where they're, were the full serve? I actually took a picture of that and put it on Facebook because none of my friends in Chicago have probably ever seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> so 2007, we're going to see if, if the 2014 real estate market, I think, is going to look a lot more like the 2007 market where we're going to have an average sales price in the mid-170s, you know, 173. Um, our average sales price in Louisville got down pretty far. Uh, I, I believe it was all the way down into like the upper 150s is where like 159 is kind of where it went down. So we'll be back in the 173 uh, kind of mark and we're going to be floating around that 11,000 transaction number, which will be just fantastic for our real estate market. But what's we so it's unique, I guess, because affordability is still really good. Interest rates are still really good. They might not be as good as they were a year and a half ago. But they're still really good, right? Well, yeah, yeah, where rates are at right now, it's still better than the rates that we were seeing, I guess, in the later part of 2009. 2009 was, a, was really the first year where you can consistently get something right at 5% or just shy of 5%. You know, so for a short time, in the earlier part of, uh, of 2013 here, we were seeing a 30-year fixed interest rate at you know, 3 and 3 eighths, 3 and a half, And it was just an amazing thing to see and be around because it almost seemed too good to be true. And now that rates have moved up about a full percent over the last four months, 
it's kind of slowed things down a little bit. But that's good. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I know, I've been searching for years to try and find a graph that would actually show, uh, I guess, you know, what was happening with property values and what was happening with interest rates. But as you'll see, and if you look back 30 years, the same thing has happened over and over. As, uh, as, as interest rates are moving upward, they're kind of following people's equity within their house itself. And, uh, and so usually when we have, like you just said, the afford, the, as the prices go up and the interest rates go up, obviously supply goes down. We're in a weird situation where the affordability is still really good. The rates are still really low. But the inventory is starting to shift. And I actually put out a blog post yesterday comparing the three-bedroom, two-bath homes in Louisville, Kentucky and the different areas. And in the east end of Louisville, we're under two months of inventory for three-bedroom, two-bath houses. And if you people who don't understand what that means, so we look at months of inventory. So we look how many houses have sold over the last 12 months and then how many homes are for sale right now. And that absorption rate, how long would it take us this if, if we sold at the same kind of rate, the same clip, how many months would it take to get rid of the, our current inventory is our absorption rate. Six per, a six-month inventory is a stable market. So basically anything between five and seven months is a stable market. Less than six months is a seller's market. More than six months is a buyer's market. We've been in a buyer's market for a long time. And we, are, we did have this quick transition into a seller's market that really happened Kind of over the course of early this year. Do you remember, do you feel that way, Dad? Oh, yeah, most definitely. The spring market was was booming, basically. And I thought we had a a, a lot of people who uh, had a lot of pent up frustration and ready to move, wanted to move. Uh, a lot of those homes got sold, but there and there's buyers out there who are looking for a home, but yet there's still a number of people don't feel comfortable yet. Selling their house. Selling their house. Yeah, yeah they don't. I, I think then that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast, so people understand. Hey, the market's really good right now. If you want, if you have a three bedroom, two bath house, there is a ton of people out there looking to buy, and so there's this shortage of inventory. We're in very much of a seller's market, not so. I mean, excuse me, a buyer's market, not so much that can drive the prices out of whack, but the affordability is still good, so it's good for the buyer, except for the inventory is just terrible right now, but it's also good for the seller because. They're going to have a pretty good chance of having – we're seeing a lot of multiple offers right now. We're seeing a lot of that kind of stuff happening again. So they're, they got a good chance of getting top dollar of what their house is worth. And so it's almost a win-win for everybody. You know, I was with uh, another agent today, and we were discussing even in December. Usually this period between Thanksgiving and Christmas is it's kind of a dead period. But yet there's still a lot of activity going on and a lot of business being done uh right now yeah and you know and what we're going to see is we're actually we're in the we're in the beginning stages of a five-year housing shortage and that's what it really comes down to because we have a on the inventory side sellers are slow to bring their house on the market but because the market's been so bad our new construction starts over the last five years has been down significantly hasn't even been uh strong enough to keep up with our population growth so when we have that uh no no new builds sellers who are reluctant to put their house on the market inventory's down on the other side the first thing that kind of affects the uh, the the housing shortage all those people that got foreclosed on or had short sales all of a sudden they're they're qualifying again aren't they brian i mean those their time periods up well, yeah i guess best case scenario if you have a short sale or foreclosure 
you can qualify or you could potentially qualify for an FHA mortgage that only needs a three and a half percent down payment two years in two years. You know, so if you so if you were unfortunate and you had your house foreclosed on in October of two thousand eleven, you already could have been back in the house again. You add an interest rate that was about two percent lower you from when you lost your house. And and we're calling that the boomerang buyer. So the people who uh, are you know couldn't buy because of their distressed sale are now coming around being able to buy again. That's the boomerang buyer. They're coming back into the housing market and they're buying at the right time because if you're at the beginning of this housing shortage and we're in a five year housing shortage and in five years prices are going to be up. I agree, and it's a uh, it's a wonderful opportunity out there. And I think people just got to realize that uh, if you want to move in, move up or move down in some cases like myself i'm i'm ready to you know downsize this is a perfect opportunity to do something yeah and i think that's the person that you just kind of hit the nail on the head uh the people that are going to really benefit over this uh 2014 market are the people who are looking to sell maybe they're the first time home buyers and they're looking to sell that first time home buyer house because there's going to be the other phenomenon is that we have this this echo boom the millennial the, the 18 to 31 year olds is the largest generation in the United States. And they have been living in mom and dad's basement and they haven't really hit the housing markets full swing. Even if they get out and rent, we're going to see this domino effect, this ripple effect of, you know, of housing needs. And, uh, so those people are going to be able to sell their first time home buyer houses at a premium price, move up into a nicer home and still be in a, and not a, it's, I guess it's still a recovering market, but it's and it, but it's still it's a good market too. We've seen a lot more movement in Louisville over the last year in the houses that are three hundred thousand and above. Would you agree with that, Dad? I'll definitely agree with that. I mean, we just had a uh, home that we listed uh, very close to the parks uh, that needed work. It wasn't like it was in beautiful condition or anything like that. It was a very nice ranch home. We listed it for a half million dollars and sold it in less than ten days. Yes, and uh, and you know there's. There's plenty of people who uh, who've been in their homes for a long time that need a little freshening up, and there's some good bargains out there. And there's some people who, if you're willing to put a little sweat equity in the home, and uh, this again is a is a fine time to try to move into something into a better neighborhood and to uh, and to upgrade a, a whatever homes are out there. Oh, and then also, I guess in addition to that, uh, the, I guess the mid to later part of 2013, home equity lines of credit become a lot more popular all over again. Uh, for the longest time, a lot of the banks have limited the amount of money you could borrow against your house to 80%. They're now moving up to 90% again. So all of you that have been in a house for 5, 10, 15 years that haven't done updates recently, you can actually go and take out a home equity line of credit. You, they're, they're virtually, you know, there's virtually no cost to those. Uh, and you know, guess, and then you can actually use your equity to increase the value of your house and to bring it up to date. This way, when buyers are coming through your house, they're looking at something that's fresh, not something I guess that's stale. And that's actually a pretty good point there too, because even though that you know our inventory is low, condition we're finding out with especially with the millennial generation is still king. Uh, condition even over location, I think, is for this generation is very important. They want something that they can kind of turnkey move in. They don't see that they can paint the walls and change out the floors and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of times they don't have the money to do something like that. They want something they can move into. And they'll sacrifice location for a house that's in really good condition. Is that what you're seeing? Oh, most, you know, for sure. There is, uh, there's 
people out there, this new newer generation, they they want something ready to go. When uh, my wife and I were uh, looking for homes back in the day, it was like you never really took that into consideration that much because if the house needed to be painted or some new carpeting done, you know, that was fine. That was part of it. You knew you have to take the house and make it yours. But at the same time, when you were a first-time homebuyer, you built a brand-new house. Well, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so, I mean, you wanted uh, something that was kind of right. So maybe it's not that rare. I mean, yeah. maybe it's, you know, the first-time people just want something that they can kind of – I guess you got to learn how to be a homeowner, you know. Well, yeah, I think that's also, I guess, just that when the first-time homebuyers are going out there nowadays, typically you know, some of the elders in their family, their moms, their dads, their aunts, their uncles, they're out there shopping with them every single time. I've gotten many, many phone calls from my clients' parents that are saying, "Hey, we love this house. I guess you, know, but you, know, but they don't have you know ten thousand dollars to put into the house to freshen it up. You can you talk to your real estate agent and see if they could start showing them something a little bit newer." Let me ask you, Brian: Is there renovation loans? Are they um, uh, are they on the upswing? Yeah, well, they're on the upswing. Uh, I guess they're still not. I hate to say it this way, they're still not the easiest to qualify for because they're not really a common product. Uh, FHA has a product out there where you can borrow up and above the cost of the purchase price. Uh, you, It's got to have a couple appraisers, somebody from FHA who is certified to go out there. They can actually predetermine the amount of money that has to go back into the house and what the future value, what the future value of that house will be once the renovations are done. There's also two other products that are out there. One is for Freddie Mac-owned houses. One is for a Fannie Mae-owned house where you can actually buy the house without needing an appraisal. And then that mortgage interest rate doesn't have any kind of private mortgage insurance on it. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a nice product. It, it is. It's, uh, uh, I guess they kind of faded back for, you know, for years and years. But now just with, I guess, just with the houses that are out there. Uh, yeah, I guess. But now the houses that a lot of my clients are seeing, they need a little bit of work but they don't want to have to go through the hassle of doing all the work themselves. Uh, or sometimes those may actually get held up in underwriting. Uh, if there's you know, if there's a stairway behind the house uh, that doesn't have a railing and there's three steps or more, FHA wants to see that there's an actual railing that's up there. Oh, yeah, because we get that in reports all the time. And, uh, you know, usually it's just kind of brushed by and it's not a big deal. But now they're asking for that to be fixed, huh? Yeah, FHA wants to see it each and every time. Conventional, you know, I won't say to look the other way. It's not nearly as much of a focus with the conventional mortgage. But you got to think about it. with FHA, you can purchase a house with a three and a half percent down payment. Yeah, I mean they're taking a huge risk. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of changes in mortgages in 2014. You, it, it's already happening now. Uh, it's just as the gear has grown on, underwriting's got a little bit tougher. But I'll tell you, I wish it would have been here five, six years ago because then things wouldn't be as tight as they are right now. But the individuals, I guess, that are buying houses, they truly qualify. You know, they truly, they can afford to buy the house. In previous years, if somebody had a part-time job, they had that job for two or three months, we were allowed to use that, that income or to use that money as income, which could help somebody afford a house. Most part-time jobs are here today, gone tomorrow. So now somebody has to maintain a full-time job and a part-time job for a minimum of two years to qualify to use that that income. Uh, and what other big changes are coming in the mortgage industry? Well, here's the unfortunate thing. Interest rates are on the move. I mean, if you look back six months, interest rates on average you know, across the board 
every type of product have gone up about three quarters of a percent, took you to 1.25 percent in some cases. Uh, plus, I mean, there's a big thing that's called Q or that's a QM qualified mortgage. So those individuals uh, that could previously qualify to buy a house with a 50 percent ratio, in other words, the total amount of money they make minus their total debt, they could go up to 50 percent and 55 percent in some cases. That's including their mortgage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's including everything: student loans, credit cards, car payments, anything that shows on a credit report. They could qualify for up to 55 percent of their income. What's happening, I guess, as of January the 10th, as it is now, the maximum back-end ratio is 43 percent. It just goes again that uh, individuals, I guess, that are purchasing a house, they truly qualify for that payment, and it's not just an affordability for now. You, it's affordable for two, three, four, five years down the road. And actually, it kind of makes sense because I observe the millennial generation, and I know a lot of people. Especially the parents of this generation will, you know, kind of scoff at this. They've only known a bad housing market, and they've only known tough financial times. Hmm. And I just think they're a lot. They are a lot less likely to use debt as a tool. And I think they're a little bit more financially sound in the principles of not using debt as a tool. And in some ways, they're they're coming to us as pretty qualified buyers. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, I've a number of first-time home buyers, I guess, that I'm working with. They've got 10 or 15% of their own money because they stayed at home for an extra five or six years, you know, living in the basement, living wherever, and their parents were in a position where they didn't have to collect rent. So, you know, so their parents kind of laid down on them and made them start to save money. And now they're saving a ton of money because, you know, if you're putting down 10%, you can go with a conventional mortgage. You know, it's, it, it, it's amazing how much, I guess, well, I say... The, Never thought I would actually say these younger folks, but I'm 42 years old now. But I'm amazed at how many 25-year-olds, guess that I talk to, that have you know, 40 and 50 thousand dollars liquid in the bank. Well, and I just think that it's a, it's going to be a pretty awesome time for those people to buy. The thing that's going to hurt them is that now that we're getting to lower inventory, there's more competition for these houses. We're not going to get to see where there's going to be a lot of seller pay closing costs anymore. That's kind of already gone away. Uh, a big chunk of it has, but if we're in you know a situation now where I mean the other day I, I scheduled I, somebody wanted to go see eight houses, we got to see two, and that's the reality of it right now. Wow. And when you're competing out there for these houses that are left, you can't put down that you need closing costs because you're going to lose out to someone else. Yeah, and something else too is it's an important thing. Make sure that you're getting pre-approved before you're out there shopping for a house. Uh, what a pre-approval is, is that your is that your loan officer has actually sat down with you across the table or had a had a lengthy conversation. They've looked at your credit report. They've actually looked at your bank statements. Uh, you, they've looked at your pay stubs, at your W-2s, at your tax returns. Where they've looked at your entire financial position, and they undoubtedly know that I guess that you qualify, or that you're pre-approved to purchase the house. Uh, for you, know, for many many years, I guess pre-qualifications were kind of the norm, but I can give somebody a pre-qualification just by having a casual conversation. I'm not even required to look at their credit report, and that's what a lot of individuals don't realize. Plus, when the time comes to buy, or when you're out there shopping, you proactively got all of your financing in line. I'd say five out of ten, uh, five out of ten clients that I have that put offers in, I get a phone call from that realtor wanting to make sure that they're the real deal, and I, with all confidence, can say. Yes, they are. 
I've looked at their income. I've looked at their assets. I've looked at everything. Yeah, I shook them down. You, you, so you can, you, so you can accept this offer. And not only that, I just think that now that we're competing, you know, we had to put the strongest offer. If you've got a strong pre-approval that goes with an offer, you're that much better of a buyer. I mean, you're you're not a risk for these people to take. Um, you know, do things happen? Yes, but more than likely, you've got a good chance of closing on that loan, and there's a big peace of mind that goes to the seller when you submit an offer with a pre-approval letter. You know, I had a young lady that uh, was in a bidding war for her, her home, and and she uh, she was not the the low uh, the highest price, but she was like the only one that had a pre-approval, and uh, you know that gives the seller just a lot of peace of mind moving forward that they know they got something in hand. Well, I think we're gonna go ahead, Brian. No, I was gonna say also. I mean, it it really helps for somebody who's moving up or moving moving down into a house. Where you can accept an offer knowing that somebody is truly qualified to buy your house, then you can put yourself in a position to close the same day or shortly or shortly after closing on the sale of your house. You know, also, I think some people feel like they know where they're at, but all of a sudden they find something on the credit bureau that that they didn't realize was there. And you can, you can get those things taken care of before you go out there instead of putting out an offer. And then, then turning around and and you know and having to fight through that. Yep. Then yeah, that's that's great. Uh, actually, it's thirty or statistically thirty-two percent of individuals have an item on their credit report that they're not aware of. Uh, and yes, you can get these things fixed if it's truly reported in error. It could take thirty, forty-five to sixty days because what an underwriter wants to see. You just prior to closing, they may refresh your credit report. They don't want to see any any of those things that are still there. I mean, I work with a couple individuals right now. Where some, and not paid in full. Oh, they don't want to see paid in full. They want to see it gone. Oh, yes. Yeah, they want to see it gone. Uh, uh, one of the things that happens with the collection, and uh, I unfortunately guess have had to have this conversation recently, is that once you pay a collection off and they mark it as a zero balance in your credit report, it's going to hurt your credit a second time around. Uh, I mean, so you ideally want to wanna kill them with kindness and see if they'll actually remove that collection from your report entirely, you'd be amazed how many points your credit score can go up just as a result of, of doing that. Another suggestion, pay the six, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a month to have a service that monitors your credit and not just one of the three bureaus. Uh, it costs creditors to actually report your personal information to each of the bureaus. Most collection agencies out there only report to two bureaus. So if you happen at if so if you monitor your score with one of the three, and it's reporting on the other two, you have no idea whatsoever. Again, that's where it goes back to to being proactive and getting and getting pre-approved before you're before you're out there in your car, you know, driving around and looking at houses and getting ready to buy. Yeah, I mean, just and gives you the confidence to buy with confidence. I, I think that's that's just critical. All right, so we are reaching towards the end of our first show. It went by really fast. I think that was really good. And I uh, just kind of want to sum up everything, Brian. Mortgage rates are still – they're going to go up, but they're still going to be very good? Yeah. Well, all right. So my, this is my opinion. Uh, by the end of 2014, we will see mortgage interest rates uh, right about 5.5%. That's your conventional you know, 20% down mortgage. FHA, we never know. They're kind of reactive. But conventional is the way that most individuals want to go. So plan at 5.5%. If you, do, if you do something sooner than later, you can get in under 5%. Papa Joe? Gonna be a good time to sell. It's definitely a good time to sell. It's definitely a 
good time to buy. I agree. It's gonna that's what's gonna be. It's win win for everybody. This is the year. If you plan on making a move, this is the year to do it. And always, always seek the help of of a professional to help you guide through this challenging real estate market because it is very difficult. And find a good full time real estate person. We're not here to try to sell you our services. We're here to advise you, be uh, your consultant. And uh, but if you if you got a good real estate professional, that's what you need. And uh, it's very important because it makes the process a whole lot easier. Anybody else anything else to say? No. Hope everybody has a happy holiday. Have a good holidays, and we will see you next time on the Louisville Real Estate Report. I'm stepping tall, y'all, and just like Humpty Dumpty, you're gonna fall when the stereos block me. I like the rhyme. I like my beats.